Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Being Whole podcast. I'm Dr. Cassandra LeClaire, and this week we're here with my friend Jessica Hilly. Jessica is a real estate agent, a wife, and a mother, and her passion for life is so refreshing. I hope that you find this conversation as valuable as I did. Hello again, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with my friend Jessica. Thanks for coming, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a great experience. I'm so lucky to be here. Well, I'm really excited to hear everything that you have to share with our listeners. So I've given them a little bit of background about you, but I'm hoping you can just kind of start off the conversation. Tell me a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, I'm a local real estate agent in New Braunfels. I started um, my career back in 05 and um, I'm a mom and a wife. Um, my husband owns a collision shop here in town and we have one son who just turned 12 and he goes uh, to Oak Run Middle School. So kind of have a lot of balls up in the air, but um, these are my three favorite hats, I think. Nice. Well, I love that. You, okay. You've already said I have kind of a bunch of balls in the air and everybody who's already listened can hear about several different roles that you occupy. Right. So let's kind of just dig right into those things. Then you have a lot of stuff going on in your life. Um, I'm wondering if you can tell me not only, you know, what are some things that you do to manage what you have going on now, but then also talk us through a little bit about what has brought you to this point and given you the tools to manage things now. Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, I feel like a lot of careers are, are full-time careers, but this one in particular kind of meshes well in, in with everything else that I'm doing. And I remember a time in my life where I was seeking some kind of stability and um, and also flexibility. And I needed that with my son. He has um, ADHD. And so, so do I, so does my husband. So, you know, trying to manage that meant that sometimes, you know, I needed a flexible schedule to get up to the school at a moment's notice. And so I worked really hard trying to figure out where my place was career wise and struggled with that for a long time. And um, I think a lot of that was honestly deep rooted in like where my value came from. Mm -hmm. So I was looking constantly, you know, is it, is it, you know, the devotion that I have to my friends or to my family or, you know, to who do I dedicate all of myself to? And so um, through, you know, some hard times, I feel like definitely in 2019, I kind of started to learn a little bit more about myself, about like the internal uh, dialogue that I had going on. I finally woke up and realized like how mean I was to myself versus everyone around me and that I was searching for that value so much. So it made me reevaluate where I was, who I was friends with, um, what my daily activities were, what my coping mechanisms were. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and I really found the value in where I am today. That's okay. That's awesome. It, and it's just such a testament to the fact, like, 
you were looking for something with flexibility so you could take care of your son in the way that you wanted to. You were searching for something to help you be a better mom in your eyes, which is one of your favorite roles, right? So finding a career that did that and then having that be the thing that led you to some of these internal soul searching type questions. I think that like perfectly encapsulates one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast really Jess, is because you never know what is going to be the thing that causes you to do some internal reflection. You never know what's going to be the instance or the experience that kind of hits you and is like, oh, well, why do I care so much about this? Or why is this the thing that bothers me? Or what does this really mean? So for you to draw that conclusion and be like, okay, what is it about, you know, this space? Like, what, where is my worth? Like you say, and where does that come from? So like this one simple, I want a new job can spiral you into this whole other place. Like, yeah, okay, well, where is my worth? What is my value? Where does this come from? Oh, goodness. Where does it come from before? Oh, what have I done to get it before? Oh, no. Yes. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So that was a big, huge transformative space then for you. That was a huge shift for me. 2019, I always pull back. That was the shift because I had done real estate before then, but I was at that point still trying to do enough to be good enough for my parents, good enough, you know, for my in-laws, good enough for the friends that I was trying to keep that, you know, some of them were not good friends, you know, and so some decisions and some hard boundaries had to be made that are still, you know, hard for me to keep up to this day in order to realize where I was putting my emotion and my energy that just wasn't giving me the return and wasn't getting me that life and that happiness and fulfillment that I was really looking for. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that it was the light in certain people that were around me, those friendships that were really fueling my fire, and that when I poured myself into my clients, mm -hmm. that work is just so rewarding. Mm -hmm. And it works so well in being, I have to, there's so much time spent supporting. Ryan's probably owned the shop for two years now. So, I mean, he's dedicated to that all the time. He's up there a lot. And that means that I carry, you know, a lot of the responsibility mm -hmm. of my son. So this is really the perfect path for me. And it's almost sad that it took me as long as it did, you know, from 05 to 2019 to really figure out that like, this is where I need to have the courage to focus every bit of my energy outside of Noah and Ryan. Oh, I love, this is where I have to, yeah, the energy, the courage to focus your energy. Like you said, I forgot already how you exactly said it, but just that it, it, it is, it's like the courage to do those things, right? Because it, it is scary. You know, even when you feel good at something, or even when you recognize, okay, this is a space that I enjoy sometimes, especially when you're struggling with knowing your own worth, stepping into those spaces is scary, right? It's like that area of self-sabotage. It's like, oh, I do. Uh -huh. like oh, I am good at this. Oh shit. Well, then that means I could fail. Oh, well then that means that people might look at me if I don't do a good job, because I usually do. I mean, then that starts a bunch of other stuff, right? So much. And real estate does that. You know, there's a lot of comparison in this particular business. You know, you, it's hard not to compare yourself to, you know, the volume that somebody next to you is doing 
And it's, yeah, taken a while to just know that I'm doing really good work for the people that I'm working for and that they're satisfied at the end of the day. And that pride that I have in placing people where they belong and getting them, you know, in the right space. It's a, it's a really big task that I take on, on a day-to-day basis. And there is a huge reward in it, you know? And I love that you're able to just see now how that shines a light on such a different part of your personality. Because when I hear you talk about your clients right now, and I hear the things you just said, you could just as easily be saying that about your friends and the ways that you make connections, because that's really what it is that you're so good at as well as is, is giving that spirit and providing that to other people of, you know, just making them genuinely feel taken care of, or that you're guiding them through something. So, you know, it's wonderful and great and super positive that you get to do that and feels all good and wonderful makes you feel good about yourself, right? What do you do with those other spaces then when you, you can't get that feeling or like when you, you know, you didn't know that this was what you were supposed to do really. Like, how do you think like the knowledge of this is maybe what I want to do, but I'm not sure how to do it. How did that knowledge turn into this ability to really work through, you know, have the courage? Well, in 2019, I mean, when I did that shift and it was such a struggle, I had to seek out different, different avenues of support that I hadn't had up until that point. And one of them was a mom group. And I remember going in there and, and then we would go around in a circle and they asked me, you know, how I felt about my self-worth. And I said, oh, I just feel like I'm the worst. Like I am worse than like toilet scum. I couldn't be worse and lower And I just remember their faces all being like, this is wild that anyone would feel that way. And then I started to reflect that I feel this way. And I realized that I was doing it because, you know, if you had a problem with your plumbing, I wanted to be your plumber. I wanted to fulfill, if I loved you and I wanted to help you, I wanted to help you in any capacity that I possibly could. Uh, and I ran and struggled trying to fulfill everyone's needs that mm-hmm. I finally realized in 2019, the best thing I can do for you, the best thing I can do. And what I'm most qualified for is to help you with real estate. That's my lane. Mm-hmm. I can't fix all of the other things. Maybe I know someone that I can refer to you that could fix those other things, but I'm not your plumber. I am your real estate agent. And when I stick to that role, I thrive in it and I do good work for good people. And it's just a repetitive cycle. Now there's definitely times, especially in this last year, it was such a hard market. And each one of the people that I help that I take on becomes like a family member to me. So when we lost out on those houses after contract after contract, you know, it's just as devastating to me as it is to them, if not more so, you know, I feel like I have let them down. Mm -hmm. And it's Mm -hmm. in those moments that I really rely on the mom's group that I'm in the podcast that I listen to, like this one, um, the self help books that I get off of podcasts that I read. um, And I have to take short, at least little spots of vacations, just breaks to give myself a moment not to be juggling all of the things on a probably every three month basis, at least just a weekend away for a break. Mm -hmm. 
do you think that, you know, when you're helping people and like, it is such an emotional space and that's interesting. I, I, you know, I don't think that when people think about real estate agents that they probably think about it as an emotional career, but if you really stop and think about it, you'd be like, oh yeah, I can see where that really is an emotional career, right? Because you are constantly managing the hopes and dreams and expectations of other people. And it's also tied up with people's money, which is, does a lot of weird sorts of things to people's emotions too. Right. And so, you know, yeah, being able to really separate yourself out from what your role is, like you said, okay, and what, how much of an emotional caretaker are you really needing to be versus how much you want to be or have been in the past. And that goes back to, too, like you were saying, you know, your self-worth too, you know, saying in the mom's group, the way you talk to yourself, having your self-worth. Sometimes when we don't have that self-worth, we do, we overextend to other people. We give, we give, we give because we don't sit back and see our needs first. We don't even see ourselves right. having needs, right? So then we're giving and extending and then that feels good because we get the return and the feedback from other people, right? So you almost don't realize it's a problem until it's a problem, right? Until Yes, yeah. yes. Until it was impacting my marriage, and I could tell that I was giving more outside of the home than I was inside the home. Yeah. And so switching to where real estate was the only focus, I wasn't trying to, I have a lot of friends that own different businesses and I would try and kind of fill in here or fill in there, or, you know, do you need me to organize this? Do you need me to answer the phones? You know, whatever you need, I will, I will be that for you and then get stuck in that role completely yeah compromising all of my needs all of my goals yeah and I think that that's something that's really so relatable you know obviously when we talk about boundaries and you said yourself you had to set different boundaries for people and for your career is it is a space like so often we say yes because we want to do something right or you want to be that right person you know so it's not even like oh I'm scared of to say no it's like usually when I say yes and I've overcommitted it's absolutely because I have wanted to do the thing or I have wanted 100%. to help the person or I've been excited about the problem. yeah like it's not because I'm over here being fake or it's you know I'm past that point right I'm just gonna say yes because I feel like I should but I'm right. still feel sometimes you know like oh but I, I want to say yes to that I want to say yes to that but really having to step back and like stop myself and recognize, okay, but do you have the bandwidth to carry that out? How much are you going to shame yourself in the process if you are too stressed out or too tired or, you know, then get upset with myself because I let something else slide or I'm not doing it to the best of my ability. Exactly. It's like really being able to be like, okay, Casina, you know yourself. So what's really going to happen if you keep doing this, you know, and I had to stop and because I wasn't even resentful of other people anymore because I re- realized that I was the one saying yes, but exactly. I had to stop and be like, no, I am valuable enough that I don't want to make myself feel this way. Why is it okay to make myself feel this way? And why do I keep signing up for it over and over right. and over? Like what is going on? But like, even knowing that 
it's still hard to make that choice. It's still hard because it's like, oh, oh yeah. I can just do that one thing or, oh, it won't feel that bad. And then like having that twinge where you're like, oh, shouldn't have, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't want to have that twinge anymore. I want to accept and do the things because I feel good about them. And because I can give to other people without it compromising myself or without me having to have that negative self-talk, you know, like you're saying. Yeah, that I just wanted, I realized the crux of it was that I just wanted to be loved. You know, I wanted to fulfill that thing for you so that you would love me for it. Yeah. Because I didn't love myself Mm -hmm. and realizing all of that at once and being like, I have like, it's, you know, it's so cliche and we're so in that I feel like that trendy time where, you know, you got to love yourself and know your self-worth and, you know, all of that. And, but it really is true. Yeah. Changing all of that has changed my entire life in such a short span. Well, it's like, you realize, although you're trying to get that feedback from other people, because if you don't have that and you're sitting with yourself and you don't feel that, oh, that's icky, that's uncomfortable. And I certainly- yeah look at why that could be so right you know so this is where too I think like it's really um people look at me really funnily funny when I say you know you have to stop volunteering or you have to stop doing this good thing they're like but it's so helpful it's so good like okay but let's talk about what that really looks like right people tell me like there's just like nothing I can let go of I'm like okay well how many boards are you on right now you know, how many hours are you at the PTA? Oh, but I have to, I have to. Oh no, you absolutely do not have to. You are continually making the choice to do. Right. And those are two different things. And if you're going to continually make the choice, then what are the consequences for those choices? And you're continually accepting that, right? But we do it, especially I think in a space of motherhood often, you know, for extending yourself to, you know, things with our kids or in friendships, like you were, what you were saying too. So it's easy. It's easy, right? We can sit here and say like, no, these are the things you have to do. But you know, when you're in it, it it feels so much harder to actually articulate and follow. It was devastating. The friendships that I had to part with and let go of, Um, and the work, like you said, that you have to do when you realize how you really do look at yourself and how you feel about yourself, the therapy that I had to go into was completely different therapy than I'd ever been in before. And I've had to remain consistent in that, you know, whether it's even just on a monthly basis so that I don't go back into that mind frame. Like you said, it's so easy I've been living, you know, 41 years with that way of thinking. So it's easy to go right back into, but these days I can only beat myself up and hate myself and loathe myself for, you know, only a few minutes because I've done the work to know that that's not going to serve me. That's not helping anything. That's like, and that's one of the best things. I love to talk to people about that and and share that too, is it's like, it's not that I still don't spiral. It's not that I don't still have those reactions where I tell myself I'm stupid or why'd you do that? Those things are still my reaction. You know, like if I drop my phone, my first in my head instantly, it's like, God, Christina, why'd you do that? It's not like, oh, that was an accident. My phone fell. I instantly blame myself for everything. Like still, right? But then I go to and I catch it, you know, and I don't do it as often or I catch it. And I'm like, you're not stupid. Or I remind myself how silly that thought was, 
or I no longer allow that thought then to spiral into a million other thoughts where I think I'm not good enough or terrible or shame cycle or anything else, right? Yes. I think that that is so important to acknowledge because otherwise what happens is people see people who have done some work or they see me and they think, oh, she's happy all the time. It's like, no, that's complete bullshit, okay? Absolutely have those moments. The difference is that I know what to do in those moments in a different way. My coping mechanisms are different because I'm no longer just pushing them aside or numbing out. I'm also understanding what that looks like. It's taking that awareness and using tips and tools and tricks, like you're saying, to move through those things. So then there no, those thoughts are no longer controlling me, you know, or those thoughts don't even have that power. They don't have that weight. You know, That's what it is. so instead it's like they come up and it's like, yeah, I can laugh at that. Or I can, you know, say that that is absolutely not what's true. And I think that so many people have those kinds of thoughts and they think that they're the only ones who has those thoughts. Right. Or they look at somebody else, right. like, just nobody's going to look at you and think like, oh yeah, she walks around all day beating herself up because you walk around and you're smiling and you're happy and you seem like you've got it all together and people love you and respond to you, you know? So it's really like amazing that you can be honest about that and open about that and, and talk about what that looks like for you now, even in such a short period of time, because of the work that you did. I mean, you did just, I think, I think it partly spawned when, because I can, I mean, I, I can tell you the, the, like the day and almost the time that it happened when that light bulb came on. Mm-hmm. And I think it was partly because 40 was quickly approaching. I was like about a year off and I just thought I was on a hamster wheel and I was so miserable and so unhappy. And I knew that like life could not continue on this way, or I was not going to make it out alive. You know, I didn't know if, if my marriage would make it. I didn't know how good of a mother I was, would be, you know, it's just, it felt like it was all going down in flames. And I thought I've got another 40 years on this earth and I am not about to do it like this. Yeah. And teach in that, that it's, I feel like in that moment that I started to look at myself, the way that I loved on my friends and on the people that I love the most around me. And there's now, I think that's one of the major things that I'll do is, you know, if, if I'm having a hard day and I'm struggling, I didn't do something, you know, like you said, if you, if I drop my phone, if Noah dropped his phone, you know, I wouldn't tell him he was terrible. Oh, you're the worst, you know? So I try to treat myself the way that I would treat my son or my best friend and be like, of course you dropped your phone. Things happen. Like pouring the love back in yourself that you would so easily give to somebody else, right? Exactly. So readily without question, give away to somebody else, but yet turn, don't give that back to yourself. And instead do things and say things to yourself that you would absolutely never say. Never. Right. Never. Really getting in your head. Like, why is this? Okay. It's not okay. In fact, that those are disordered thoughts. So how can I move through those and what can I do to get rid of them in this moment or or work on them so they don't come up or impact me or whatever it is. Right. 
And like, that's that place, you know, you said to the self-awareness, like what, what happened with your relationships transforming and all of those kinds of things is that's, that's really hard sometimes is that self-awareness and it can lead to this growth when you're willing to dig in and create new patterns, but like not everybody else is doing that with you or not everybody appreciates the new you, right. Or like your new phone. Oh no, they don't. That's right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't like your voice so much, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody has been on board with this. And that's, that's definitely a part of the struggle, mm-hmm. but it's so well worth it. I've never been happier. So learning that it's not my responsibility to care for everyone else's emotions and to yes. make everyone else happy. And if what I'm doing isn't making you happy, then that's on you and not on me. Yes. That's something, you know, yeah, you teaching other people and like really getting this message out there, like somebody else's emotions are not your responsibility, right? Like your feelings are not my responsibility. Like as if I am being a person of integrity and I am being a kind person to you and I am, you know, if I am in alignment with the way I want to treat people and you somehow are angry at me or hurt with me if I didn't do anything purposefully to you, you know, just even recognizing your reactions or your reactions and then not taking it personally. Yeah. And that's something too, like, right. We want to personalize everything. It's like, somebody said once to me, this is like decades ago, I was like complaining about another friend and this third party friend looked at me and she was like, Cassandra, not everything is about you. Like people are actually not thinking about you as much as you are thinking about you. And I was yes. like, bitch, whatever. No, I'm just <laughs> it's real. I have an alarm on my phone that goes off at 5 45 PM every day. And it's just titled. It's not about you. It's not even about you just but, to remind myself. Yeah. And it was so, I mean, I'll never forget. We were You're in the so right. talking and it was just one of those things where it was just like, yes, I so do this. And I needed that kind of like moment reminder is that you do. I right? again, because some of that is I do personalize everything, you know, or I do sure. self-blame like we were talking about. So then in every interaction, every encounter, any disappointment, any frustration, you know, I took that on as assuming like that was me, then I had done something or that it was my job to right. make the other person not feel those things. Right. Yes. And so really taking a step back from all that too, and recognizing, okay, well, this is why part of the reason I'm unhappy, or this is part of the reason I'm burnt out or the reason I'm frustrated because I don't even know my own emotions anymore because all I'm doing is managing the emotions of other people and exactly other people. Okay. And all that's happening is I'm not okay. Yes. Constantly, constantly. And realizing that taking that power back Mm. means stability across the board for everyone. And now everyone is 10 times healthier because I'm healthier. Yep, absolutely. Well, and it allows you to show up in a way that is so much different too, right? Because now I also know my own capacities and I know my own limits and I know who's going to respect those boundaries and because I know to set them too, first of all, right? (laughs) that is just, it's having a strength. Sometimes I, I, I tell people, uh, I have a best friend that's a year older than me and I got to watch her turn 40 and the power that it gave her 
And I just thought, yeah, that's what I want to do. And now I, I commonly say, I wish I was born 40. I wish, because when I hit 40, I felt like I had the authority finally to tell people that were older than me, no, yeah. I, I'm not, I, I don't want to go along with that. You know, I was respecting the elders born and raised, you know, in, yeah. in Texas and, and you go along with it. And that causes a lot of trauma as a child, you know, that yeah. you have to work through at this phase. And I said, that's the end of just going along with whatever anybody wants me to do from now on, I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and really just realizing the spaces that you do that in, right? Like that's so eye-opening. It's like, oh, like you're calling yourself out once you finally realize it. It's like, oh, oh yeah. It's like, oh, that's the spaces that I do that. And oh, I do it here. Oh, I do it there too. Oh, okay. Yep. That's what I'm doing. And recognizing too, how many areas in places in your life that you are just going through the motions of interactions, because that's how you're supposed to, or this is the reaction I'm supposed to have. These are the things I'm supposed to say yes to, right? supposed to, supposed to should, 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 you know, yes. really realizing, okay, but what if that did you choose? What if it do you want? What of it is making you happy and joyful? And again, obviously, you know, we can't all just walk around doing whatever we want constantly all the time. It's not all magic, right. but really so much more of our life is in control in our control than what we really think or allow our limiting those. I feel a lot like, like I'm just meant to be here and shine my light onto people as much as I possibly can. And I realize that there are some people who will just take as much as you will give and they don't give back and cutting those people out and making sure that the people that I'm pouring into are pouring back into me, or at least appreciating what I'm giving them Mm -hmm. has just cultivated the best clients, the best friends, and the, the family ties and relationships that I really needed to have. Yeah. And it it is, it's recognizing those spaces where, like you say, for whatever reason, you know, be it they're incapable or they don't want to, or they just don't want to with you, or they're choosing not to, whatever it is, where people aren't giving you that same energy back, you know, and that's where really recognizing how depleting that is and how exhausting that is. And so often we recognize those things, but we're still, you know, oh, but I've known this person for so long. Or, you know, like they're, you know, friend of the family or they're in my family or we wait wait for there to be a reason. And I just said this on another episode. I was like, why isn't your happiness the reason? Like, why, why do we wait for a reason all the time to end a relationship or, you know, and and exactly. And, you know, sometimes, okay, I'm not trying to say we don't need reasons. You know, sometimes I say big, broad things. And I'm like, okay, dial that back a little bit, Cassandra. Yes, we need reasons. But I'm saying like your happiness, your choices, why isn't that where we start? Why? Yeah, your daily happiness is enough. That's enough that you don't need anything beyond that. I found if anything is compromising your day-to-day happiness, then that needs to be evaluated. And that's what I think is so hard because especially I see with people with friendships, you know, hanging oh, yeah. on to them because again, I've known this person for so long or, oh, our kids are in something together. So it's just easier. It's like easier on who? 
because honestly, it's not easier on you because I see what you're doing to yourself. And as your other friend now, it's not easier on me because you're bitching. Right. About it. So I was like, what exactly is that easier on? Me? And can I go on that team? Yes. That's exactly how it feels. Like you might as well just deal with, with the hard work. And I, I've, I've kind of always been that way, but like, if there is an issue, I, I don't want to just pretend like there isn't an issue. Like I'm going to get to the crux of it. I'm going to find it. It's one of the things that makes me a good agent and just applying that to myself was just, it's been so nice, so nice to be able to fix me and then just look around and be in awe of the life that I'm creating because of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely can see the ripple effect then too, right? I mean, just even the things, one of my favorite things about people having these transformations, then even when you're in the space of raising kids is then your kids see that shift, right? So now that's what your son gets to see is now he gets to see you living in this space that is different for him. And that's what I always, again, you know, we have to think about what are these kids seeing? Okay. And what do you want them to want them to be a stressed out adult who overextends themselves? Or do you want them to be able to set boundaries and be able to talk about the things that are bothering them and talk about their feelings? If that's what you want, you got to model it. you got to do it. you got to show it to them. Right. Oh, so hard, but it's so true. It's so hard. That's, you know, so knowing, okay, you not only got this for yourself and this transformed your career because you're really, you're applying, like you said, you're applying some of your real estate agent principles to your own life. Right. And then you got that in your career. It's helped your marriage because you can talk about things so much differently. And not only then has it made you a better mom for your son, it's changed the way he gets to be going forward. So that and that's really everything. Yeah. That's the whole it, point. It is the whole point, you know, and that's what I think so many people, you know, you said it again, your, your best friend who I happen to know, love her. Um, I love her. Um, you know, yet you get to 40 or you get to a certain point and then you start to realizing these things, right. And wouldn't it be great if we could get to those points a little sooner, right. So oh isn't so many years of built up shame or it isn't so many years right. of stuff to work through. Right. Because really what it is, is it's those continue continual patterns that we've ingrained over and over and over that we're just finally trying to break out of. And it's that and sometimes it's generational. It's in, in my family, it was a lot, you know, and like you said, it's, it's friendships you've had, you know, for me, it's, it's parental, you know, and severing ties with people like that gets a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. There's a lot of opinions that people have whenever you put these boundaries in place. It's not just the person that you put the boundary on. It's everyone around that all feel like they need to chime in. You know, how are you going to feel if this person dies? Uh, How did you feel through the holidays? You know, it is something that I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis that a lot of people, you know, make more difficult for me, but yeah, you know, ultimately, like you said, it's my daily happiness that's being sacrificed here. So right. It's my choice. Well, and, and recognizing too, then finally that other people inserting themselves into your life with their opinion absolutely doesn't have to have any impact on your happiness, your well-being, or your actions then going forward, right? It, yeah. It, 
and once you again can kind of separate out those things and have the awareness that you you know some of that noise essentially doesn't have to impact you it is transformative and then that helps you see again those kind of relationships or spaces where yeah this person really isn't on my team you know right you know or this person isn't going to respect these boundaries that i've set or you know just really uh, finding the people who are going to allow you to have your experiences without telling you how they think they should be. <laughs> yes. And it's so nice to have had that support, you know, to have that in the friends that I have, that there are, a, most of them have known me long enough to know whatever situation that I'm walking through and to best support me and, and say, you know, I'm really proud of you. I know how hard that is for you to do and you're doing the right thing. And that uh, is just, those people are what is keeping me going. And it's, you know, it's just reforming those thoughts that, that, you know, preserving those relationships with those toxic people is what gives you your value when it wasn't, you yeah. know, chasing that was never going to get me anywhere, but miserable. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to finally realize those things or to take, I guess, to realize those things, but to realize the roles you were playing in that, in that relationship. Oh, yeah. Because it's so easy to blame the other people for their toxicity or the things that they were doing or that they've done to me or what have you, right? But it's like, right. okay, how am I continually showing up in this space or what am I continually accepting? Why am I doing that? And, and what, what? can I do to take ownership over some of these things too? And right. Cause you can only fix yourself. You can't yeah. fix their behavior. You can't. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm a, a big control freak. I found out over this is that like, I just want to control their behavior. And I also learned, I think I, I, I knew I was a codependent person, but I thought that codependent just mean meant that I needed these people. And when I realized it meant that I felt responsible for their feelings, Mm -hmm. that was pivotal. It was like, I do feel responsible for everyone's feelings. I want to manage all of them all the time. And when I finally realized it's not their responsibility, of course, to control mine, I don't put that on them at all. So I shouldn't put it on myself to yeah. be responsible for everyone else either. And breaking that cycle mm -hmm. is hard, but I, another generational thing that, you know, I didn't just that was put on me and now I'm needing to set that down and not put it on my son. Right. And, and really being able to recognize where that's happened or, or, or what that feels like, right. And figuring out the steps that you can take to let that go. And sometimes that's so hard too, you know, so I just also want to encourage anyone who is doing this or going through those things. Like these are big, heavy things to move through when you have some of these, um, you know, new pieces of awareness come up or new recognizations or realizations. And so even like just letting yourself sit with like, oh, this is what this is, or that's what this looks like, you know, and that can be so difficult and really feeling, oh, oh. gross. It is so gross. Yeah. The feelings I have learned to feel and the, the therapist that I have now, thank goodness, has taught me how to like sit in feelings, which I didn't do before. It was like, it was like stubbing your toe and you would just try to like get it over yeah. with, you know, I'll, I'll watch a TikTok. I'll do, you know, whatever to, to yeah. get this feeling to go away. And now I literally sit in feelings and I, 
sit there and try and think, oh, how does this feel? Do I feel this in my chest? Do I feel this in my stomach? You know, as well as letting it just drain out of me, whatever the feeling is, but yeah, we give feeling the feel. We think that we're so powerful by pushing feelings away without realizing that all that does is give the feeling more power. And it's like, I have so much fun working with kids on that stuff. Cause it's like, if you teach them to talk to their feelings, okay, what is your feeling like, or name their feeling or like similar to like the movie inside out? Like, what is your, what do your feelings look like? And some of the kids don't want to talk. So it's like, can you draw me a picture? Can you draw me a picture of your feelings? Or if they don't like to draw, you know, like finding the modality that works for them to be like, yes, this is what, okay. What does your anger look like? Okay. Well, where do you feel that? What does that look like? Let's talk yes. to you, have a name, you know? And so then it's so cool. If you work with kids a lot, a long time too, you know, sometimes then they'll give their feelings the name and they'll be like, Oh, you know, Stan was so mean today and it's like, <laughs> you know, or whatever it is, but it's just like, it's so cool to see them feel so powerful and in control of naming their emotions and talking about it. And then here we are over here as adults and we can't admit anything that we're feeling, right? Unless it's happy or whatever. Right, right. And because so that's like, the only thing we feel like we're supposed to feel. Yeah. And so it's really getting back to that connection of like, what are you feeling and where are you feeling it? Where do you feel it in your body? Because so often it's that mind-body connection that we've lost and we fail to realize that the words we are speaking are a direct result of the physical sensation that is happening in our body. And like, once you realize that, and then you're in conversations with other people, you can see it. Right. And you can feel it and I can feel it within myself, but it's like, we, we have such a disconnect from that, you know, because we numb out, like you said, okay, I'm I'm not going to feel this. I'm going to look at TikTok. Oh, I'm going to push that aside, or I'm just going to scroll the internet or do whatever else. So there's, it's so much easier to distract than to dig in and to sit and to actually do the work. And I know a lot of people, like you said, that don't. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's sometimes that's frustrating, you know, to be on your path and be trying to, to do better and have people around you that aren't, but then it also gives you a lot of understanding for the path that they are on and grace for what they're going through that like, you're just not where I am yet. You're where I used to be. And that's fine. Yeah. And it, it is, it's hard. Cause sometimes I do, I find myself getting frustrated because I look at all the different things, you know, I've worked so hard or I'm working through. And so sometimes mm-hmm. it is hard, you know, because I'm just like, oh my gosh, you don't want to actually do the work. You just want to bitch about it. You know? Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm tired of hearing about this. And then I like have this internal conversation with myself and I'm like, oh yeah, you know what that's like, Cassandra, you have been there. And you're not, you're still there in many aspects. You know, there's still many layers of healing. It's not like I'm done. It's not like I have everything figured out, everything right. And also recognizing too, like, you know, sometimes people don't heal from things because they just don't realize what it is yet for them. Right. You know, like, you know, what if you hadn't needed to find a new career to help your son? Like, you know, would you still be sitting over in this other space? You know, what if that hadn't been the thing? Yes. You You know, and so sometimes, you know, those moments will keep pinging us or things will keep pushing us in different ways, but we still have to recognize what the message is, right. Or what, what we're supposed to learn in that moment. And until we learn it, it's going to come up in different ways. Yeah. You know, but again, it's easier to not pay attention to those things. It's easier to numb out. It's easier just to keep going or to feel like you don't have a choice or like, I can't do that. 
in, you know, so that's where, again, I really applaud you for your willingness just to dig in and to also come on here and talk about it and really state like, this is what it looked like. I wasn't doing it before and I had to do it. And this is who I am now. So it's been, um, it's been a struggle and it's, uh, it's definitely one. It feels like sometimes in real estate, because, you know, we, I feel like all have the pressure these days to have a picture perfect life on social media and to present, you know, the best model of what's happening in our lives. And in real estate, that's certainly true. But I think at the same time, I talk to other agents, you know, outside of my office and in my office. And I know that, you know, it's not, it's not just me. We're all struggling with all of these things. And, you know, they're, they're, although there's this pressure to have a, a picture perfect life, I want people to know that like the struggle is real, the depression, the anxiety is a day-to-day, you know, struggle, but I'm so happy because, you know, when you do the work, it really is worth it. Yeah, it really I'm genuinely happy. I know. And that's the thing. That's what I keep saying is, you know, you're worth the work. You are worth the work, like to you're, you're worth it. And really recognizing that too, once you start to do the work, it doesn't feel like work anymore. You know, not all that. Sometimes it does, right? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Sometimes, there's sometimes it's still like drags or it's hard, right? But when oh, yeah. you figure it out, then the power that comes with that makes that work worth it makes it worth it. So I will take every better. single hard day of healing that I have had because what comes out on the other side is so worth it. So worth it. I mean, do I, there are definitely days where I am so upset that I have to like revisit an issue over again. I'm like, yeah. I was done with this. I've discussed yeah. it as much as I can. Discuss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I have to talk about this one more time, but you know, in the end getting through it, it's, um, I just have more days now than ever of like, is this my life? Am I really, is this happening? You know, every day it's like just the most beautiful day. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing parts of your story. I'm well, thanks so for having me that we got this space together. And um, is there anything that you want to point people toward where they can find you or look you up? Um, yeah, yeah, I am um, on Facebook and Instagram as Jessica Hilly Realtor um, in the New Braunfels, Central Texas area. If anyone needs any help, I'm always available and really happy to help. Yay. Well, thank you so much. I'll link everything in the show notes. I'm so glad you were able to be here. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks again for listening into the podcast this week. It means so much that you're here with me. If you have a moment, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Please head on over to your favorite podcast platform and give us a rating. Here are some takeaways from today's episode. Number one, you don't always know what experiences will end up thrusting you into personal development and truly taking a step back and assessing areas in so many life is really important. Number two, when making a big change in life, you'll find yourself looking for support in ways you may not have had before. Number three, when you have a demanding job or are juggling many hats, it's important to schedule time off on a regular basis to recharge and avoid professional burnout. Number four, when we overextend for other people and that effort is applauded, we don't even realize there's a problem that needs to be addressed.
Number five, even if you want to do something or even if what you are doing is something that is good for the world, like volunteering, you have to really evaluate how much is on your plate and say no. Number six, our inner dialogue is such a huge clue if we've been giving enough love to ourselves. If you realize you've been unkind to yourself, then it may be a really great time to see how you can give more love to yourself than to others. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as Jessica and I did. See you next week.